good to be here, and it's good to have you here with me on the Robert Dobby Show. Uh, so much to cover this time up. Uh, we're just breezing through this week. Every day is a new adventure in this land I call America. Uh, and that's with a, it's still with a C. It isn't with a K yet. Not yet. And a little bit later on, Jamie Dimon's going to stop by and give us his prognosis for what we can expect uh, for the next two and a half years of the Biden administration. Uh, also, we'll have a, we're, we're going to institute a new plan here on the Robert Davi Show, a Suede, producer Suede. It's called The Monkeys, The Monkey Pox Update. And this thing's getting out of control. It, I'm telling you, my instincts tell me, you know, that this is not, not where we want to go. Uh, you know, Janet Yellen is apologizing left and right for, you know, downplaying the economy. And boy, what a what an embarrassment that is, isn't it? Think about this for a moment. Here's the uh, Treasury Secretary. That's a pretty important job. It's probably the most important job in the Biden administration, or for that matter, any administration, because they're the ones that advise the president and uh, and the president. And, and, and I'm not a financial expert by any stretch of the imagination. So the more I speak, the more I'll reveal that truth. But I do know that the Treasury Secretary sets the rates. And, uh, you know, right now we're looking at, what, 5% if you buy a house? You know, so on the street terms, we're looking at a possibility of maybe 10 to 12% by the time this is all over because that's the only way that the feds are going to be able to stop the bleeding of the, the ever devaluating dollar. And when President Biden announced today that he was going to executive order his way into paying off a huge amount of student debt, that just diminishes the value of the dollar even further. Uh, he's printing money left and right. You know, there's two great examples of this in history. Uh, one is during the uh, Amenhotep dynasty of Egypt. And there was a gentleman by the name of Ignatan, or as I like to call it, Ignatan, because it sounds more like how you would say it. And he was such a bad leader. And he inherited a great Egyptian dynasty. Uh, it was He was the son of Amenhotep II, I believe. And uh, he was a, he, he worshipped the god Aton. Uh, the only saving grace to that was that he was one of the first to actually have a monotheistic deity as opposed to 350 different gods. Anyway, he was pretty advanced for his time, but he was a peacenik. He was very much like Obama, actually. And the, the moral of this story is that this man was so hated by the time that his rule was over that even his son changed his name so that he wouldn't be uh, considered as part of the legacy of Ignatan. And the son turned out to be King Tut, Tut Uncommon, who we know because we've all seen his sarcophagus and all the jewelry that they have in Washington, D.C. and all that. Remember when they had the King Tut uh, tour back in the 90s or something where they basically took all of the stuff they found and they carried it around the world so we could all see how the Egyptians lived. And they were very progressive. They were the they were it in that period. I mean, uh, in many ways, Egypt, from about 3,000 B.C. to about 1,500 B.C., was very much like the United States. They had the best army. They had all the riches. They were smart. They had uh, this incredible Imhotep who designed the pyramids, uh, a brilliant designer. Eventually, they were overrun by the hordes of the south and the east. 
the savages, the brutes, the bar- the barbarians. Uh, but it was it was under Ignatun who depleted the treasury because he kept wanting to fund all of these feel good ideas, just like what President Biden is doing. Biden thinks he's going to earn this legacy of being like the great FDR or the great, you know, uh, uh, Obama. And he's failing all fronts because he doesn't, he's trying to do too many things at once. And every, and it's today in Joe Biden's mind, it's opposite mind day, which means that what he should do, he just does the opposite. Or as I like to call the George Costanza strategy, which is all of his instincts are wrong. So if he wanted to be a successful president, he should just do what he doesn't want to do and everything will be fine. Sort of a reverse logic. But this is what Jamie Dimon, this is the guy who runs the most financially successful lending agency in the world. And he is, I think, one of the most richest men. I think he makes like $3 million an hour for his services. He's a smart guy. He's not there because he doesn't know the economics. And this is what he had to say about the, the Biden economy. It's a hurricane. It's, we, right now, it's kind of sunny. Things are doing fine. You know, everyone thinks the, the Fed can handle this. That hurricane is right out there down the road coming our way. We just don't know if it's a minor one or Superstorm Sandy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hedging my bets on Superstorm Sandy. But now, just to contrast that, there's the smartest economic uh, guy in the, in the country, possibly the world. And here's the president who's got the keys to all the money. And he was asked by Jake Tapper uh, just a simple question earlier on Meet the Press about the baby food formula shortage and the economy. And this, I'm no edits, no edits on this. And this is how Biden responded. I didn't cut him off. In fact, I think they cut him off. This is Biden's response. Jake Tapper says, so what do you know about the baby formula crisis and, and, and how come it got so out of control? Mr. Secretary, I'm going to have you speak now and your remarks, and then we're going to hand it over uh, to, uh, to Samara, to my behind me. Uh, what? I, I think even Jake Tapper smiled and said, are you guys losing your minds over there? And we talked about this before, about how every mother in uh, every mother in this country, including Pete Buttigieg, should be upset about this. I asked my wife. I said, "You know, you would think that Pete and his 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 significant other would be uh, would be a little upset that they can't get baby milk unless they are are breastfeeding, which I don't think is possible yet. Uh, I mean, I have heard that men can get pregnant." But I haven't heard if they can lactate. I suppose they could if they tried hard enough. Uh, anyway, uh, or maybe not. Maybe they, like a lot of people, would rather just go get some baby formula and get the job done. So uh, you, you would have thought at some point old Pete would have wandered into the White House on Tuesday meeting day, heads of state day, and said, um, uh, Joe, hey, Joe. Is there any issue with the uh, Abbott folks over there? What's up with the baby food stuff? Me and me and hubby, we can't seem to find any. Do we have any stashed away here at the White House? Hmm. Apparently that conversation never did happen. Anyway, so yeah, we've got a lot of good topics to talk about. Uh, as mentioned, a monkeypox update. I'm going to uh, get to 
This military arrest story is interesting to me. It may be interesting to you as well, but apparently they. Uh, this comes from a, a a website. Now, bear in mind, it comes from a website, so right there you have to question it. But it's from realrawnews.com, and apparently the White House deputy chief of staff was arrested earlier. The U.S. Army Rangers on Wednesday arrested former Biden campaign manager and current deputy of chief of staff Jennifer Brigide O'Malley Dillon at a Washington, D.C. hotel. The result of a military investigation in whether she took part in a ballot harvesting ring in which Democrat liberal sympathizers known as mules illegally collected and deposited ballots into drop boxes in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin during the 2020 presidential elections. According to a JAG source, White Hats, White Hats took interest in Dylan after viewing conservative author Dinesh D'Souza's video 2000 Mules, which shows surveillance videos of seedy individuals making repeated trips to drop boxes in aforementioned states. In each uh, instance, the mules carried out reams of ballots. The video, according to the source, sounded alarm bells in the white hat community and prompted a thorough probe. Now, she did not appear in D'Souza's video, but the military began its investigation at the crest of Biden's election hierarchy, believing that she, who became Biden's campaign manager in 2020, had knowledge of the scheme or may even have orchestrated it. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. You know, it's interesting because uh, Newsmax, you know, the conservative outlets, Newsmax and Fox, never mentioned Dinesh D'Souza. It's kind of a tragedy there, really, and I'm glad that Dinesh got out of jail and has decided to fight back. I'm very proud of him. But his movie is very convincing, unless you just don't like the truth. You remember the inconvenient truth that Al Gore made everybody watch? Well, now we have The Inconvenient Election, starring Dinesh D'Souza, and about 2,000 mules. And now there's a little something going on in Washington. And yeah, that's right. No one else is reporting on it. But you did hear it here first. So stay tuned. The Robert Davi Show continues. Big announcement to make in just a moment. We'll be right back. By the way, we have a new website up now for this particular podcaster, yours truly, Jim Watkins. And I'll tell you about that in just a moment as well. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Robert Davi Show on crntalk.com. I want you to know this is nothing personal. It's purely business. I think a little bit later, Swade and I are going to have some fun. I want to have some fun. You know, today is just a day to have fun, I think. Let's have some fun today, shall we? Talk about things that really irritate us about the Internet. Oh, man, I got a list. Are you an all-caps person? Like when you write a text or I'm an, I'm OCD already. Like everything has to be perfect because I'm the worst typist in the world. And that's probably why I don't write so much. But um, I would just find it easier if it was just if we lived in an all cap world. But we don't live in an all cap world because people think you're screaming at them through the Internet. When you write an email and it's all caps. Like I used to get this email from. Uh, a talk show host I worked with. Well, you you might know him, Michael Savage. And he would write me stuff all the time. 
and it would be in all caps. So I always thought he was yelling at me, you know, like he's mad, you know, Jim, I need this by 2 a.m., you know, MS, you know, it'd be all caps. And I just assumed he was upset. And then one day I said, why do you always do all caps? And he said, because I, I don't want to worry about uh, uppercase, lowercase. It's just easier to keep the, the cap lock on. So I tried that, and, and then people were saying, why are you yelling at me? So I forget it. So anyway, that's just one of the things that I am irritated. There's so many different things. The number of emails that I get. Uh, what do we do? We're stuck. Uh, Suede, feel, feel free to chime in here, but we're stuck with this beast. You know, in 2001, I think I had an email account with Yahoo. Maybe it was AOL. I don't remember. But it didn't matter because I I didn't use it. You know, I, I rarely used it. I don't even know why people needed email. It's like, what do I need email for? Now we're stuck with it and we always have to keep the same email address. What about you, Sway? Do you, do you, uh, you're not that much younger than I, but what's your situation? Are there, do you have pet peeves about the internet? Oh yeah. Oh, don't get me started on my list. Do here. tell. Yeah. <laughs> I, no, uh, really. I have multiple email accounts, so I have a lot of different email accounts for different. Um, I got my work email for setting up here, and then uh, I've got like my home email, and then I've got like a company email, all kinds of different things. And so, I hate that they all get aggregated. They sort of all yeah. get aggregated to the same spot. And so, when I get emails, some days I'll get seventy-five emails, all in like five or six hours, and they all go to the same spot, and I can't tell which email's which. So if I go and reply to any of those emails, oh, yeah. it could be any of my three email accounts that reply to it. And so I've had people ask me, who is this? Who am I talking to? And I'm like, well, the, the same guy that you emailed, but I'm coming from, I'm coming from four different email addresses. <laughs> they don't recognize, back to <laughs> yeah, shorty56 uh, at Yahoo. Who's that? Or whatever your email address is. Um, yeah, that that's a problem. Or... You know, in some cases, you don't want other people to know your other email. And they're like, well, what was that email from? Oh, you know. Yeah, uh, that and also spam. I think I get more emails oh, man. from Trump than anybody else on the planet. And oh. I don't even know how I, I think I signed up one. I think I, I donated $1 uh, to something that his daughter was doing. And now I'm on this email list. That's the thing is we're all, we're all bought and paid for. I think we should get paid. We should get a, there should be a general fund and every company, Home Depot, all of the corporations that are sending us email coupons and come to our store, we should have 0.1% of all of that, their net gross uh, dis distributed to all of Americans for having to open their damn emails. <laughs> I'm with you. I think my thing is I... I checked my credit score. I just I thought about this just the other day. I checked my credit score on Credit Karma mm -hmm. for a couple of years ago. It was uh -oh. probably four yeah. or five years ago. Yeah. And I've never checked it on there again. Not a single other time. And I get emails. When I say daily, I mean three or four times a day. I get emails from Credit Karma, and they're always saying, "Hey, um, when was the last time you checked your credit score?" I, yeah. I always think with you, it was about four and a half years ago. <laughs> Yeah, they still yeah. they still reach out to me. They still want their customer back, I guess. And I was never really a customer. I never paid for anything. But boy, how about when you order you. something? Like I ordered flowers one time on a flower website, and now every freaking day I get an email about flower sales. It's like 
I didn't want this. I, I don't want you to know me. We're not friends. One time, I got so tired of the Home Depot spam, I actually sent them an invoice. And I said, I'm charging you for the time that it takes for me to answer your emails and how much time I have to download them and everything else. And I sent them an invoice for $50. And uh, I never heard from them again. <laughs> it feels like so. you almost turn into their PR agent at some point when you're answering all their emails and you're checking all their stuff. It's like, come on, man. I'm tired of I'm tired of hearing about you and hearing from you. Yeah, it I don't know how we solve this problem because it's become I mean, you can miss an email that could hurt you, you know, like if you're expecting something or maybe somebody like the IRS is trying to get hold of you or a mortgage mortgage, you know, something like that. Um, but by and large, I, I have to, I think I, ha I think they've, they've created an al algorithms now where if you don't open the email or if you delete it a lot, it'll just end up getting to your spam folder. So, uh, and I don't know, I think maybe Apple does a better job than some of these others. And I use Apple. I just like it. It's, it's better. But, uh, the other thing too, is reaching people like for dentists, my wife, um, she goes, you know, everybody in our family, we're probably 10 times a year, we have to make appointments and do regular checkups and things like that. And you can't get a hold of anybody. You know, if your prescriptions don't come through or if they don't, it's impossible to get a hold of somebody on the phone right then and there. You have to wait 24 hours for them to call you back. And it gets really frustrating. You know, it's like, it's all, you know what it is? It's like uh, there's too many people. Like the system is an overload, you know, we've reached uh, maximum status or something. It's just too many people. And so now our uh, health care system specifically is overwhelmed. This is what they were. This is what they were. Uh, uh, think of how long it takes. Uh, it takes me two weeks to set an appointment to get my dog a haircut. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> I have to plan ahead. Like, how's this hair going to be? Into, you know, I, I just book it six weeks in advance now because the, the line is, it takes me three weeks to get a dentist appointment. It's crazy. And this is because we have, uh, have you been to the pharmacy lately to see how many pharmaceutical subscriptions they're filling out these days? I mean, my God, this is, I thought, is this, is there that many sick people? It's crazy. Anyway, so I, I think with the internet, with the, the technology, what it's done is it's, it's created a bottleneck. You know, information goes in, but there's people on the other side that have to pull that information and process it. That hasn't changed. You know, there's still the same amount of people. There's just more information coming in than there used to be. And I think that's what, what uh, what's clogging up the system. <sighs> so it just feels good to share that angst with you, Sway. Thanks. But unfortunately, one guy got tired of it, and it didn't end well in Tulsa. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment as we continue with The Robert Davi Show here on the CRN Talk Network. And in a moment, we'll welcome our newest affiliate in the great city of Las Vegas. Stay tuned. Oh, man, I love this story. Look at this headline. Florida Health Agency Issues Report Challenging Science of Transgenderism Blasts Experimental Child Treatments, Hormones, Surgeries, Puberty Blockers, I love it because, you know, if you listen to the show, we tell you the truth. We do our research, and I'm telling you that we have to push back. This is where the line is. Look, I'm all about 
live and let live with LG and B. Uh, but when you get to the T's and the Q's, don't count me in because you got to draw the line. We're messing with our kids. And there's, and I already told you the other day where all this started. It started with some quack back in the mid-60s named Money who was a pedophile. And he decided to experiment on two brothers. And it was the most disgusting story I ever heard. And it's all documented. It's on, it's on Wikipedia, if you don't believe me. And he coined the term transgender. And he believed, he believed that through social conditioning, you could convince somebody that they were a different sex. That was his whole premise. And the two subjects that he started with, both brothers, both killed themselves in their mid-20s. And he did some horrific things, made one be like a girl, the other. And they never told the, the young boy that he was a boy they, they, from an early age because they had, had botched a circumcision, not the doctor, Dr. Money, but the parents went at birth, there were some complications. And they didn't want that little boy to grow up feeling, you know, completely humiliated by a, a botched up, you know, do I have to be so, so, you know, I don't want to be specific here in case there's young children listening. But they tried to protect this boy, and they took him to a therapist. And the therapist came up with this wacky idea: "Well, let's just let's just do some more surgery, and we'll we'll remove his entire uh, sexual organ, and we'll just tell him he's a girl. And, and I'll work with him." And they worked with him for over a decade. And this kid knew that he wasn't a girl, and everybody around him was telling him he was a girl. I, you know, sometimes I feel like that when I'm walking around. In the world today, it's like, I, I know the truth. Why doesn't everybody else? What is wrong with these people? Like climate change, people walking around like, anyway, that, that's another subject. But my point is, when you live in a world full of crazies, it's easy to become crazy because you want to fit in. And this is where we're at with the transgender community. So when the state of Florida comes out and says, look, this is science we're talking about here. And we're going to push back against these other crazies who want to sexualize our children at a young age. For, for reasons I don't understand. Anyway, so uh, we'll cover that tomorrow. We'll get more details on that, on the Florida story. But I want to turn your attention back to what we were talking about here on the Robert Dobby Show on the CRNtalk.com network, that there is a man who broke into a Tulsa medical office uh, earlier, and he killed a surgeon and three other people, and then he took his own life. Uh, two, Tulsa police chief Wendell Franklin says the gunman had recently undergone back surgery and had called a clinic repeatedly complaining of pain. Franklin says the doctor who performed the surgery, Dr. Preston Phillips, was killed Wednesday along with another doctor, a receptionist, and a patient. We also have a letter on the suspect which made it clear that it, he came in with the intent to take, take the life of Dr. Phillips and anyone who got in his way, according to Franklin the police chief. He blamed Dr. Phillips for the ongoing pain following the surgery. And Dr. Cliff Robertson, according to the CEO of St. Francis Health Systems, says he was a consummate gentleman. He said the three employees who were killed were the three best people in the entire world, and they did not deserve to die this way. And, and, and it's true. But as, as Clint Eastwood famously said in The Unforgiven, it's not about deserving. This is a system this is a, it is a symptom of a problem, which I alluded to in a sort of hum humorous way. But it's not humorous when you're in pain and you can't get to somebody on the phone. 
and they set the system up so that nobody has to answer the phone because the system is overwhelmed by people who are being driven to the office for every head cold and every sinus infection that they have. And last night, I kid you not, I was watching the uh, ABC News, uh, and, and every commercial was from GlaxoSmithKline or Pfizer or Abbott or AbbVie or Avu or nine different medications. Some of the medications, I didn't even know what they were for. Like, what is what is that? What's puffy eye? I guess people get puffy eye now. And part of me thinks, like, Jesus, there's all these, you know, there's all these skin medi- medications, uh, things for for upset stomach. You wonder, you make the connection. It's like, are people suffering these symptoms because of the, the vaccines? Is there any connection there? I told you the story the other day about this. John Roberts of Fox News sent out a tweet asking for COVID uh, stories. People who had gotten serious COVID, he wanted to know their experiences. And instead of getting all these COVID experiences, what he got instead were vaccine experiences. People who were complaining about a whole list of side effects they were, they were coming down with since taking the vaccines. And the one thing that kept being repeated over and over by all these people was that the medical community was ignoring them. They would call their doctor and say, Doc, I got the shot. I took the vax. I got the boost. And now I got a big red spot in my back of my leg. What do I do? Click. Call and make an appointment. Press 1 to book an appointment in the month of April. Press 2 to book an appointment in the month of May. It's, it's gotten, the system is overwhelmed. The system can't handle it. And I'm not sure I've got my finger on the problem, except to say that everybody in the country seems to be suffering from something. And I wonder if that's by design, you know, because let's face it, you and I know that the pharmaceuticals, Big Pharma, got how, how many billions of dollars in money from the government? Subsidies? So that's free money to them. They can turn around and now use all that money, put it right back into the system. I bet you David Muir's salary this year is probably upwards to $20 million. $20 million so he can give us that nice little, uh, you know, Davy Jones glimmer in his eye as he tells you how much he loves America, America strong. Brought to you by Pfizer. So again, I don't know what the problem is, but this man who took his life, he's upset. He's blaming the system. And I've known people. I've experienced this. You've experienced this. We have to fix this. And the government is not going to help us. Trust me. And this is sometimes I think where it's leading to is they let these problems fester. And then they come in at the end of the game when everybody's frustrated and they say, let us help you. Let us help you solve this problem. That's what they're doing with the guns right now. And you heard what what Justin Trudeau said just yesterday. He wants to solve the problems of his country. We're introducing legislation to implement a national freeze on handgun ownership. Now they're going to come. uh, It's going to be a war on mental health pretty soon where they're going to crack down and make sure that everybody's being medicated properly with equity. There have been uh, conspiracies that the eventual goal of Big Farm is to make sure everybody's on something. And I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, after the horrible op- opioid 
epidemic, which everybody ignored until it got way out of hand. I don't put anything past these people. It's just, it, it, it's corrupted. Just follow the money. Anyway, so it is tragic about the situation in Tulsa. And obviously we want to uh, give our hearts and prayers to the Dr. Phillips family and the family of the receptionist. No one deserves to get shot, uh, much less by a patient who's probably medicated. We probably gave them all kinds of prescriptions. I'm sure they probably gave them Oxycontin. And this stuff drives people nuts. Uh, this this desire to just stick a pill into somebody's hands, I think that's what's driving all these shootings. You know, everybody is looking for a quick solution. Oh, well, it's the guns. No, this is deeper than the guns and the bullets. This is This is something that's a symptom of a much greater problem that's happening in our country because, again, government-run health care system. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Oh, Mike, you let me down, Mike. You're making me look bad. thought we had an understanding. And all I expect is a little cooperation. Sorry, Robert. So, you know, uh, the big movie, the big Obi-Wan thing is coming out from Disney today. Not that I want to promote it. I was just telling Suede, Wait, are you a Star Wars fan from the old days? Yeah, I, uh, I'm an original trilogy fan. I like the original three movies, and then they did okay with those next three, with the prequels or whatever, and then these. Uh, yeah. this sequel series is just a mess, man. Yeah, well, what's missing? What do you think? <laughs> man, I honestly, the one thing that kills me is um, we don't have a strong lead character. It could be any, you know, it could be a female character like ray but I, I just think it's not a strong character just the character itself it needs to be stronger and you need a uh, you need a villain that like we don't have to really sympathize with like we don't have to sympathize with this whole kylo ren thing i don't know i just <laughs> yeah in the world of storytelling i think it's a little too uh i just, want a little tna in there too man i mean come on i think ray is really cute you know uh but they they made her look like a tomboy which they didn't have to do that. I think she might be actually, be, she's probably lesbian, you know. They just don't want to admit it. They, they're going to, what did that lady say from, uh, what was the term she used? She was going to add a little queer here and a little queer there. There, queer, here, queer, everywhere, queer, queer. <laughs> hey, not my <laughs> words. Those were her words. I'm just repeating what I heard a Disney employee tell me. I have the I have the audio. No, I uh, I don't care about all that stuff. That's their own thing. If they want to ruin their stockholders, that's fine with me. But uh, I, I just think they took a great franchise and they, they woked it is what they did. They stripped it of its, you know, the, the classic Shakespearean man saves woman, saves the day. I mean, that story goes back to the beginning of time. But for whatever reason, there are people who believe that that story is offensive. And, uh, you know, they have their own issues. They have mommy issues. They have daddy issues. I don't know. But Disney ruined this. They they ruined all the Marvel stuff. I mean, because what they did was they felt compelled. They did it with Walking Dead. My son, my family and I were really into that show in the early days because there was it had a lot of great underlying me messages. You know, it was good writing and you could suspend disbelief for an hour and just get soaked and immersed in this story. And that's what good entertainment does. It allows you to immerse yourself and get away from whatever you're... I mean, you go to the movies to get away. As a kid, I would go to the movies to get away from things. 
for at least two hours where I didn't have to think about my own miserable life as a kid because it's tough, right? And so when I go to the movies, I don't want to be preached to. I don't want to. I don't want a lesson. I, I mean, I want. I want to be treated as if I'm there. I'm paying the money. You know, the the popcorn alone is is like a week's salary for a teenager. So I don't want to get preached to, and that's what they've done. And so this Obi Wan thing, I would normally be. He was one of my favorite characters, but I don't want to see what they do to it. I don't want to see what they they do to him. Because he's not going to be the same Obi-Wan that I knew growing up. See, it's like you go back in history. I was a big Linda Ronstadt fan. Big Linda Ronstadt fan. Six, 70s, I was a teenager. You know, When Will I Be Loved, Blue Bayou, which I still love the way she sings. Great. I had no idea that she was, you know, in a fight for war for women in music. I thought everybody loved her. I thought she was a, a millionaire. I thought she was successful. And they did a biopic on her, and they turned the whole thing into a women's lib fight movement. And I don't think it was that. So uh, Tom Hanks does this with CNN. They have that the the series on different decades, and they go back and they change it all. They make it something that it wasn't. People were not walking around with race and sexism in their heads. If they were. I guess I was just being naive. But it takes the innocence and that's and that's what Disney has done. They they're innocent stealers. They are robbers of innocence. So anyway, I I got to take some time here and thank some folks. Very excited about this. We are uh, not only on a great powerful talk station in Las Vegas at a great hour, I think. We are we are broadcast 2 to 3 a.m in the city that never sleeps. So I want to become the friends of the third shifters. I want all of those car dealers and uh, waiters and waitresses that get off at two in the morning and they're going home three in the morning. They, they tune in the show. You've got a friend. As James Taylor would say, you've got a friend. Also, we want to thank our friends over at TalkStream Live. They've got the Robert Davi show up and running multiple times a day. It's a great app. Uh, talk stream live or as I like to call it tsl.com uh, time spent listening you know uh, anyway uh, Bill and the, and the group over there terrific uh, they they give you cream of the crop talk programming much like we do here at crn.talk.com uh, and they're good people they're always innovative they got some new things coming on not only as an aggregate for podcasting great podcasting shows like the one I have <clears throat> but also Robert Dobby's as well uh, and then, of course, I want to give a big shout out to Marty and Andy Vieira and Mike Thomas. They are the the uh, the morning crew. They're the uh, the club at six seventy, and they get you going every day in Las Vegas. And we say good night to you in Las Vegas as the sun starts to rise in the east. So it's good to have the family of Robert Dobby's growing. Gosh, now we're at eight eight nine great cities. And it's just nice to have everybody there. It really is. It's just, but you know, we gotta we gotta band together. Do I have the monkey pox stuff ready to go? Hold on here. Here we go. We gotta do this now. The latest on the monkey pox, the outbreak. The WHO in Africa now says 
the world needs a united response. Now, just yesterday, they were telling everybody to go ahead with with the Pride Festivals. But now they're saying, hold on here. Now we're 500 cases strong. Now, remember, the monkeypox started back in the 50s when uh, supposedly a monkey bit a kid. And the monkey got the virus, which is part of the smallpox family, from what they think was a squirrel. So it originally started with a squirrel. Then it jumped over to a monkey. The monkey bit a kid. And the kid somehow got lesions and exposed it to others. And then ever since then, 1958, they get about 10, maybe 15 cases of these monkeypox cases. And, And then all of a sudden, May 5th of this year, for no apparent reason... There's a festival going on in Antwerp, and I want you, I'm telling you this story because when the fog starts to take over and we're all in pandemic mode, I want you to remember this story because they're going to change it. They'll change it to something else. I can almost guarantee you. So it went from, a, a, like I said, a squirrel to a monkey, then to a little boy, and then to the rest of the world, and it never really got beyond maybe 12 cases in a year. So then all of a sudden, May 5th, boom, there's 17 cases. Seven of them are in uh, the, the UK. And it's spreading within the gay community. It's spreading with all these festivals that are going on around the world. So last week, last Friday, as a matter of fact, the World Health Organization director, the general director, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ted, Tedwards, Ted, Tedros, uh, Gabriel Jesus. He said, don't worry about it. Have pride. Enjoy your pride. Go out there and pride it up. And don't worry about the monkeypox because we got the vaccines and you're all covered. Okay, so that's when we had 300 cases. Now we have 800 cases and it's growing every single day. So the World Health Organization finally paused and said, hmm, maybe this thing is getting out of control. And they're actually urging healthcare officials now to take note, saying, uh oh, this thing may have been gestating longer than we think. Hmm. Maybe it didn't come from a monkey. So we don't know if this is an, a unique strain, but we do know that it's spreading like wildfire, fire, and nobody seems to want to address it because they're worried it'll be called the gay disease. You know. So there's now 1,400 suspected monkeypox cases, 63 deaths in Africa countries. This thing is not going away. And our American media has yet to give it its full attention. But we'll continue to update you on this various situation, I promise you. And so, I don't know, what time is it? What, what do we got, about a minute? Yeah, I, I want to end the show this time up, Swade, with, uh, with these wise, wise words from our president. He, he wants to reassure America that he's got his foot on the gas pedal when it comes to energy prices. And he had this encouraging note uh, to tell us today about gas prices. There's a lot going on uh, right now, but the idea we're going to be able to, you know, click the switch, bring down the cost of gasoline is not likely in the near term, nor is it with regard to food. Huh? What? I'm going to have to pay more? I can't take this anymore. That's our president, our, our commander-in-chief, who said earlier today... Mr. Secretary, I'm going to have you speak now and your remarks, and then we're going to hand it over uh, to, uh, to Samara, to my... Uh, I'm sorry, what did you say, Joe? Let me make... Let me make let, 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 let no one make a mistake. 
until next time, I'm going to end out with some Davi music, a song that reminds me of my one night in Las Vegas many, many decades ago. Hot summer night, the wind blowing, ruffling through my hair, riding in a car top down, enjoying the sounds of the summer wind. Summer wind.